You've Found Rebirth, a podcast to inspire your emergence. I'm Kate Brenton, your guide here as we listen to stories of women saving lives by living their own stories of intuitive courage and empowered living. Today's episode is with Preeta, a Kauai-based singer, songwriter, and musician who is dancing on the forefront of mainstream pop with an added eclectic and emotional sound. She has a knack for writing catchy songs that are imbued with hypnotizing vocals, meaningful lyrics, and a pop dance sound with an edge. Preeta is passionate about women's empowerment and awakening to be in our power. We are delighted to have her here with at Rebirth as she shares a recent turn of her choosing and reclaiming her own empowerment. Although we are unique, we are not alone, and stories remind us of this and of the golden thread that connects us all. Thank you so much for tuning in, and be sure to like and subscribe to Rebirth. Hi, Prita. Aloha. How are you? I'm great, actually, right now. (laughs) (laughs) I am. um, I'm excited to have you on today to talk. We were just talking a little bit about how there's you're very in tune with the cycle of rebirth right now. Mm -hmm. And um, I would imagine as an artist, birthing is something um, that is a constant dance, right? The, the idea and the inspiration and what comes to fruition and what needs totally. to be let go. Yeah. Totally. So you, you, you're coming to us from the island of Kauai, where you spent most of your life? Yep. The 35 years on and off. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel, before we go talk about your, you know, your time in LA, how do you feel like living there has informed you? I mean, it's such a loaded question, but let's well, yeah. <laughs> I actually yeah. was just in a, um, did an article for this shout out LA magazine about that question, um, mm. about how Kauai influenced me. Um, and I mean, I, it comes down to nature. Uh, mm-hmm. Nature is everything. And it's so prevalent here. Um, so yeah, I mean, really the raw authenticity of nature I feel like is what most inspired me by growing up in Kauai just being surrounded by nature and seeing nature gardening um being immersed in the elements being outside being barefoot kind of just Mm -hmm. made me uh focus more on what's real in life versus the facade of conditioning Mm. of it all how did music come like how early did music come so you, you were living you're living I love the word use of the word raw because I think a lot of times when people think of Hawaii they don't if they don't have a relationship with her they might not think of the word raw and and, mm-hmm. um, and that's really well, I mean, a potent part of her actually oh totally I mean you think of the big island you know lava Mm-hmm. LA it's just all raw <laughs> mm-hmm. or even Kauai's rains I mean she's yeah she'll humble you with water so yeah how did music, I mean, I think the island herself has a melody, but how did music come in to, to you? How was that? Um, was that always with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, my parents made me buy my first piano when I was seven with my savings that my grandpa gave me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I started piano then. And I think I would just be alone 
and the piano was in our big living room and I just look out at the windows and look at the beach and uh, in the distance and just play and it would kind of like the nature around me would kind of funnel into me through piano and then I got into guitar um, around 13 I kind of had a crush on a guy and he needed a guitar player for his band so I like oh I'll get into guitar <laughs> <laughs> and then songwriting came from there and then um, music theory and then that's when I moved to LA at 18 to pursue it. And talk to us a little bit about um, LA. I'm sure there was a lot that you learned there and you can also lead us into that moment that you made a major decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I was going to Lewis and Clark College in Portland um, and doing every extracurricular activity I could. um, And I just wasn't happy. And um, I remember going to the dean and saying, I just want to go to music school in LA. And he's like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, yep. And my dad flew out to meet me in LA and we interviewed with some producers in the music school there. And that was the move. I just decided to do it. And I was very young and naive um, and had a lot of amazing and crazy experiences being, you know, molded by other people to be something. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it was very shocking moving there from being here, but at least I was near the ocean. So that was my anchor. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anchor is a great word. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think, like, when you had to, so you were, you reached a moment, you're working in LA, because that's the destination, right, for music. So it was mm-hmm. a natural deduction that you would go there. And mm-hmm. one might even say meeting the opposite could have been you know, a necessary, I mean, it happened, so it was necessary, but that, that mm-hmm. happens for a lot of people, right? You have an idea and then the opposite presents itself, right? No mm-hmm. matter what your, what your calling is. Mm-hmm. And so how did you, how do you describe your music and how do you feel like LA tried to change it? I mean, I honestly am realizing now that I haven't really known exactly who I was or what my music is until recently. And it's, it's a pretty uh, big realization. I'm turning 40 on Thursday. and Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of like a milestone and a very humbling realization to realize, wow. I mean, I tried to do singer-songwriter, pop, um, you know, reggae when I moved back to Kauai. And now it's not until you know, recently, um, that I'm kind of finding myself in my niche, my niche, however you say that. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like my music is very introspective, very spiritual, um, very raw, kind of about the human condition and how to deal with the mind, the craziness of the mind, just the craziness of being in a body. But I'm, kind of filtering that through uh, um, a pop sound that most people could relate to. Mm. So it's not overly new age or spiritual, even though my message is very in that direction of, you know, awakening to find out who you are, et cetera. Um, so I'm trying to, I, I'm feel, I feel like it's more mainstream how it's coming out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree with that. I mean, it's the two of us, but I, I, I yeah. would rather that in my subconscious. <laughs> I'm very careful now in my old, you know, in twenties, you can put anything in your subconscious. You don't know. Right. So totally. now I'm very, uh, I appreciate having music that I can be lo- lost in them. I'm not contemplative. Right. But I'm mm-hmm. also still nourishing myself. Right. So my joy doesn't have to have a filter of what else is coming in. Mm-hmm. And that's a conversation some people might think, oh, that's so much. But it's like, but actually music is so powerful. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just watched this movie the other night called The Space Between. It's a really good movie on Amazon Prime. And it's just about that. It's, you know, the, the space between and music is that, you know, it's so I, I can't describe it. Well, you just got to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, you talked in a little bit about preparing for this. You talked a little bit about, about leaving LA. Why did you leave LA and come back to Kauai, even though we're going backwards before we go forward into your, your moment? And I appreciate you saying, you know, there's this humbling, humbling realization of, you know, who are you? But I think that also is part of the turning of life. And you can't really know. Yeah. I mean, I guess some people can know it in different phases. It's not necessarily linear, but but it the wheel will catch you, you know, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the phase we're in now, right? Of mm-hmm. a deeper reveal. Completely. Um, I think that I got into human design um, probably my last few years in LA. And I was with uh, the band at the time, Preet and the Peacemakers. And I was taking on the human design experiment pretty heavily Mm -hmm. and stopping initiating and responding more to life Mm. Um, and taking on that experiment I was living in Topanga at the time and I really uh, just kind of dissolved Um, I guess that's a good word for it and um, kind of re-evaluated the just the music industry and Mm. if I really wanted to do you know the touring you know musician thing which is so much energy and all of that and you know I had the label offers but it was all like trying to make me somebody who I wasn't so I always you know said no no I'm going to be independent I'm going to be independent I'd rather just do this on my own than be huge huge so I think like the dissolving from human design experiment and the realization that it was hard to figure out who I was in LA at the time just made me want to move back to Kauai so Mm. it was during Saturn return as well so that's all I said (laughs) (laughs) it was textbook then almost it was it was the returning to so can you give us a one line on what human design is if someone isn't familiar with it I mean on Kauai I know it's very um well-versed but yeah yeah human design's kind of a combination of a few things um your astrology chart 88 days prior to birth um and then another astrology chart when you're born so it puts the two together to create the hologram and then it also combines the I Ching um the Kabbalah and the 64 genes of the DNA so it's a lot um but it, it breaks you down into, you know, generator, manifestor, reflector, projector, and how to be correct for your specific frequency and mm-hmm. not be anyone else. So I just totally related with it. Now I do readings. I'm just so into it. Oh, do you? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I asked. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just a side hobby I've done for years. And I just, yeah, it's just, um, it's been a really great tool to help, you know, being, be more correct mm-hmm. for, for me. 
mm-hmm. be in alignment with who you, who you are. Yeah, perfect. So when you came back to Kauai, music obviously didn't leave you. And how did the evolution turn for you in that listening to so that we can lead to your recent moment? So how did that journey of, of creating continue? Were you performing there? And, you know, what does music look like? What does that act? Because yeah. there might be something like, what does that actually mean? So, so you, it might be minutia, but what does that actually mean to be a, a mu- musician there in that time? Yeah. Um, well, I turned into kind of a reggae um, person, mm-hmm. reggae pop. And um, I, I let it go for actually a year or two and went to massage school and kind of just um, went into anatomy and finding myself on that level. Mm. And then, you know, music always finds me again every time I let it go for a while. And um, I put out an album called We Are Changed, and I was in a belly dance troupe here. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun. For about 10 years we did, or eight, 8 to 10 years, we did a bunch of music videos, danced, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there, as you know, Kauai is so small. So, you know, I did, I played out at Homegrown Festival and KCC and wherever you could play here mm-hmm. um, and did that for a while. And then maybe a few years ago, I just was like, I'm done performing so much. I just want to do it. I just want to be a recording artist now. And mm. basically the shift happened um I mean, it's such a big thing to condense, but it was really like an ego shift of me not wanting to be the front person anymore or be in the limelight in that way. Um, and so I started doing licensing for TV and film um, and getting my really? music. Yeah. So I've been doing that for a while um, and I've landed some um, movies and TV shows, 90210 and NCIS. Um I love so it's, NCIS. I have to say that. <laughs> I, I, I've never seen it. I tried. I just saw the episode with my show in it. And I mean, my song. I just, well, I'm going to have to tell you, I, try, I really try to keep my personal out of this, but um, <laughs> that was my Lomi Lomi teacher's favorite show. So I have actually really oh, good it. memories of being in Waimanalo watching NCIS with him. <laughs> it, it's so grounding huh like you're out in the the lomi lomi spiritual like oh for sure grounding third dimension TV i mean show. that's so hawaii right it's like he's like let's get lnl and watch ncis i was like whatever you want kumu whatever kumu. that's what we're doing you know i love that so i i appreciate my my personal indulgence um totally. well and i loved actually hearing that you were doing licensing because it's nebulous right the music and then and then that realization of like but where am I now like Mm -hmm. not that one phase was wrong and and this shift doesn't mean that the last moment was the incorrect one but I feel like that you know you said it was hard to condense and you can expand on it as much as you want but you said it was like an ego shift of like knowing where you're I'm gonna say knowing where your place is but it's a term that I like and I have embraced because a Mm. lot of times that phrase much like the word discipline, can be used uh, upon you. But when you use it with yourself, it makes everything possible, really. Mm -hmm. If you have the discipline and you understand what your alignment is trying to bring to you, like this is not the place for you anymore. Know know, what what is calling you forward, right? So I love that licensing. And is that that nourishing for you? It is. I mean, it's so exciting to, you know, see my um BMI royalty checks 
four times a year and say, oh, I was on that TV show in Europe or this one. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very nourishing feeling, actually. And it's funny because I thought I wanted to be this, um, you know, center stage pop star, you know, uh, kind of like, you know, the sense of Katy Perry or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been such a nice, humbling uh, return to myself to kind of realign with just creating music and, you know, writing these songs that come through and just however they get out is great. I just want them to get out because they're, they're really, they're for me. They're, they're just channeled. They're for me and they're for the world to inspire. So however they get out, I'm happy. <laughs> Isn't that freeing? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear that freeing. in your voice. So yeah. You're in, can, can we get, now I would like to talk a little bit about your, um, your relationship with titanium. Can you talk to us? <laughs> uh, titanium priestess is my new name. I have renamed myself. Uh, and I was listening to the song that Sia did called titanium. It's so funny. It's mm. like my new theme song. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, I, I, just for the listeners, I broke my mm-hmm. right arm in four spots um, rollerblading a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a new rollerblader. I've been doing this my whole life. And it was literally a universal uh, smack <laughs> that's actually turned into, you know, such a perfect journey to have um, a broken arm and go through this and then heal from it. Um so yeah, with a titanium plate and nine screws now for the rest of my life, it's like the element of titanium has become my protector. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are talking about the new shift in the world, 5G, all of this stuff, like, you know, a lot of shifting going on on mm-hmm. our planet. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a cranial sacral session a few months ago and afterwards I was kind of just sitting in meditation and I saw in my mind's eye like like my Merkaba field go up and then my arm turned into like princess Shira, you know Shira, princess of power and it turned into like an orb around my body the titanium and I was like oh wow that's why I have the titanium <laughs> so I've kind of embraced it and it's been honestly the biggest blessing to... Can you slow us down into that a little bit? I mean, yeah, well, you to where you're the titanium. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I did it. I was trying, yeah. But um, what? Talk us through that journey a little bit. Of you said it is the biggest blessing in the healing, and that that I think yeah. is always present, but it doesn't mean it's an easy place to arrive to. Oh my gosh, no! It was the hardest thing ever. Um, basically, uh, it was so funny. One night I was on the pretty heavy drugs pain pills and I was kind of like having a fit and I was screaming to my husband and my mom I'm an earth nugget this is not (laughs) supposed to be happening to me now I'm Frankenstein (laughs) all of this crazy stuff and there was a two-week period of complete resistance to what Mm -hmm. was happening and the resistance to what is as you know is Mm -hmm. hell it's yeah. like it's like our own created hell and it's going to happen, you know, uh, crap's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the, the two week period that I, that was the hardest for me was going through that and realizing basically, um, just how much I've been fighting what is my whole life and trying to control. And so finally, a lot of crying and a lot of inner work, I reached this acceptance portal. And through that, then I went through another week of really intense depression where I faced the meaninglessness of my life or of life and how we are meaning making machines and we put the meaning on life. And basically, I was in this void of nothingness. And I realized all the doing, all the achieving um, was covering up this, this void. And I was feeling like all my worth in life, being good enough, you know, was so based on what I was doing, what I was achieving, um, you know, even like how much I was meditating or how, what I'm journaling, whatever it is, and not being able to do anything um, really made me see the conditioning that was so still um, there within me of needing to do in order to be worthy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a deep like settling into being and realizing that I'm completely worthy to just be. I'm completely worthy to just, you know, do nothing. And it, it's so interesting because the little voices inside the the judgment of the mind, like even would judge me for like, oh, you're watching a stupid Netflix show or, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you're just lying there all day, whatever it would be. Oh, while you oh, were you're... healing from your major um, injury? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no, that. I'm, yeah, no, but that's what the mind does. I'm just reminding totally. you. Yeah. I mean, it'll do it to you when you're not in an injury, but it, it'll do it to you when you really need to be still. Yeah. yeah. And I think it does it to us all the time. Yes. I mean, that that's what we're up against, yes. you know, is, is the mental chatter that's constantly going. So without having my work, because I teach um, vocal empowerment and uh, music, I have like 30 clients a week. Without any of that, without any of my recording, I was recording a new album that instantly stopped. I had just come out with a new single and all the promotion, everything stopped. And it was just such an exaggeration of what the mind does all the time. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was a very difficult thing to like really go into, and it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me because I went from a very like powerful masculine woman energy to a feminine energy. And as I had said, like we're on this path of thinking about conceiving mm-hmm. and how could I conceive a being when I'm so masculine doing, 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 not embracing what it is to be feminine and taking the pause, taking the, the, the silence, the receiving, the responding to life, just the being. So. I think in a, in a world that's going through so many um, evolutions of itself, mm-hmm. it's amazing how difficult well, it isn't difficult, but but how removed people are coming from that place of being one of of being worthy of being. Mm-hmm. I, that's a that's a really potent place to harness within, and oh, completely and, and hard to topple too once you make friends with it. 
And that's one of the gifts in this whole COVID thing that's happened, I think. It's forced a lot of people to go within, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, you can't, I mean, there's nowhere to hide, literally. Right. So it's definitely, as you said, it's, it's, it's a universal shift that's going on and we're all being put into that. And, um, and I appreciate, as someone who, um, if someone go, you know, which I hope they do, because I'll link one of your videos, you know, with the belly dancing and the artistry, someone might, might not think that you would be, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but because you seem comfortable with it in this moment, mm-hmm. yeah. that you wouldn't have been someone that had received, was um, moving in a feminine way, as you said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not using your language correctly, but yeah. what do you, I think a lot of us, I mean, I, well, I can just include myself. I'll just say myself as well. It's nefarious where it hides. It's, mm-hmm. you know, that idea of really relaxing into the receptivity and understanding that that is part of the, the, of where your power is. Totally. I mean, the belly dancing was the beginning of going into the feminine, like really going into it. Um, But as I said, that mind thing, the, the needing to achieve and do, do, do and control, Mm -hmm. especially the control, realizing how much I was controlling my husband, how much I was controlling my life, uh, my family, trying to just have that tight grip of control on reality and, and realizing how much that's a facade. I mean, yes, we can choose how we, what our frequency is and what our state of being is for each thing that happens in life and what, how we choose to be. But it was such a great reminder from the universe to realize that, you know, let go of control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, remember the, remember the, the magic. Remember that, like, there's perfection in what's happening on some level. And it's so easy to say, right? It's so easy. Oh, yeah, just let go. No big right. deal. <laughs> but it's, it's a real journey to, like, get to that point of, like, serious let go. When did you start to feel that the ground was restabilizing? Um, that's my language. But if you're, if you're in a dissolution, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, the simplest things are, on, are just with, with a little bit further than reach. And so how did you start to know that you, um, I mean, you're also nursing a major injury. So how did you start to know that the ground was restabilizing for you? Or how did it feel internally that things were starting, you were coming through the rebirth? Yeah, um, maybe a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, it, it just started to feel like I was really enjoying my life now. Like, oh, okay, you know, I can move my hand this much now. Yay. I, I'm reading books whatever I'm just enjoying doing nothing now and then all of a sudden out of this you know a lot of space came the you know inspiration to create again and Mm. I decided to release another single that I'm releasing this Friday um, called Collide and it's a very sexual song (laughs) fun it's kind of like a theme song for 50 shades great (laughs) (laughs) but I decided to release that because I had been recording that prior to my accident and um just have fun with kind of like instead of doing a whole um campaign 
to promote it like I had done in the past and radio mm-hmm. DJs and all of that. This time I'm just like, oh, I'm just releasing it. I'm, I mean, I'm going to have a little party for my birthday and put that into it, have it be a release party and my belly dance group's going to dance. Um, but I'm not doing a campaign. I'm not on the cover of the last two. It's my really good friend Shasta McBride um, in the Bay Area. She's been doing the artwork for me and my music videos um, recently. A lot of like visual um, images about feminine empowerment and I've just had so much fun not being in the videos not being mm. on the cover just kind mm-hmm. of doing the music and just seeing what happens so yeah t- to answer your question the inspiration just kind of appeared again mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like a you know uh, d- this day I woke up feeling different it kind of was gradual but I started to feel the need to or the joy of creating again without that pressure that I had before. You know, so uh, two things come up. One, the going to be fine, which is be the video that I, that I link is, is beautiful. The art that goes with it and the, the messaging of it. And when um, I did an episode with my midwife and I, she's such a straight shooter and she said, um, you know, when you prepare for birth, you have, you, you have to become comfortable with pressure. And mm-hmm. so just to hear you talk about, like, there is no pressure is the same thing, right? Because that mm-hmm. was your choice. You really, you're, you really are becoming comfortable with the pressure that's arriving so that it, it's not there, right? You know, right. that it has to get accompli- accomplished. And, and Terry had said, you know, not a lot of people like to feel pressure down there. And she says it in such a <laughs> but it's true. You know, we run from that yeah. when something really forces us, presses against our vulnerability, literally and metaphorically, we, we can run, you know, and then yeah. sometimes those culminations, we, we don't. And it, it brings us, I'll say it brings us down only because that seems to be the language for the thing that brings us to stillness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So talk to us a little bit about the inspiration for the song Gonna Be Fine. I wrote that really in the beginning of COVID. Um, and it's so funny because it's literally the lyrics were everyone that I knew was saying during my accident um, afterwards. They're like, listen to your words for going to be oh. fine. Like <laughs> you came out with this last week. It's like you wrote this for this experience that's happening to you. So it was a really weird parallel reality shift jumping like time jumping kind of experience where I wrote it almost for what I went through a few months ago, but I wrote it a year and a half ago. Um, And it's really about just the um, kind of the angst of being human and having the mind and feeling isolated, you know, during the COVID situation. Um, I think I've felt isolated my entire life anyways, just to have a mind and be me. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, how do I express this? You know, who can understand me? Um, and really, you know, at the end of the song, it goes into this dance part and it says, I know this is why we hurt. I know this is where it comes from. I know this is why we hurt. And it's kind of like the realization of the uh, turmoil that our minds put on ourselves our entire life. And yeah so the end part's kind of this freeing dance part of realizing like I'm realizing what you know where this comes from I'm realizing why this is happening and 
Yeah. It's, I, I feel like anyone can relate to the words really. It's, mm -hmm. it's so relatable. Um, and kind of like, you know, the box that our minds put us in, in life. And, I mean, I could go on and on. <laughs> well, it's interesting that it does sound like I mean, when I was listening to it, it's, there's so much messaging right now that there. Uh, one of the hopes in this podcast is that you can turn to a place that what you're ingesting is positive mm. and reminds you that there are these constant cycles, mm -hmm. you know, it, when you're down, you will be up and it, it doesn't, it's not the trite way that I used to understand that, but, but why it, I think it, for me, it's when you live a few more decades, the idea of linearity which I wasn't a big fan of, but, but it used the word conditioning. It's like, it gets in there deeper mm -hmm. than you might, than I wanted to admit it. And the more comfort I have in understanding the depth of when you're like, Oh, I thought I already covered this. And it's like, Oh, but not to this depth. <laughs> right. <And laughs> that's a very helpful, it doesn't change the moment, but it does give me the pause to, to kind of go a little bit broader instead of pushing through to keep trying mm -hmm. to go broader yeah um, I love that it's kind of like a spiral you know but on mm -hmm. bigger levels you're still coming around to that same angle but it's in a different level different exactly distance. yeah exactly and I think music is a is a big part of that for if you're freak if you're having difficulty as we all can in certain moments of maintaining your frequency Music is such a good friend in that way. I mean, how many of us have been in a mood and then the song comes on, you're like, oh, you know, and it just, you don't think about it maybe because it's, um, you're just singing, but it's, it's medicine. Mm -hmm. Completely. It really is. I think that everybody should play music, even if they are feeling like they're not musically inclined. It's like such a healing thing, you know, it, it's been proven if you play uh, piano, they say, especially before age seven, um, if you play piano or musical instrument, but especially piano, it increases the left and right brain hemisphere um, conductivity. Mm. So it's it's just a it's, it's medicine, as you said. It's it's amazing. So I encourage everybody to play. <laughs> I was just going to say for the person that just went, well, not me. What would you say to that person? Well, it's funny because being a vocal coach, a lot of people say oh, you know, my daughter's tone deaf or I'm tone deaf. And I'm like, I really don't even agree. I don't believe in tone deaf. Like, yes, certain people can have different levels of awareness of their tone that they're singing compared to the tone that they're hearing. Um, but I feel like anyone can sing. Anyone can play music. It just takes practice, you know, and it, it just depends on what level uh I mean, everyone's at a completely different frequency and level, but music is so universal that I feel like it is a, it's a language in itself. So I feel like everyone can do it. It's almost like bringing the, what I'm hearing is like bringing the spiral analogy. Like we don't mm -hmm. all have to be performers to make mm -hmm. space for music as, as medicine or have our own music is what I'm hearing you say, right? We don't have yeah. to, because sometimes the perfection idea or the conditioning of production annihilates those that are like I don't even you know that's not my jam that I normally really want to make that my thing but it shouldn't doesn't mean it has to be excluded from you totally and that's where the mind comes in the, the comparison the analyzing the you know 
it, that's another thing, how the mind just <laughs> helps the mind to be annihilated. Like, let that go. You know, mm-hmm. who cares if you don't sound like this person or whatever? It's just it's so healing just to do it. And saying this is reminding me to get back at it because I haven't really been playing yet. So it's a great <laughs> reminder to hear myself <laughs> tell you this. I'm like, I should listen to my own words. How was it for you as a musician when you when the accident happened? Oh, my God. I mean, when yeah. I was in the ER. uh this uh the doctor that was on call um you know super angel but I had my hand in this like Chinese finger trap thing where you're hanging and they're trying to get the bones that are sticking out like an s back in Mm. and he was saying to one of the nurses or somebody was saying hopefully because I had said you know oh I'm a professional musician and then, you know, crying. I couldn't even talk because it was so painful. And I heard them say, you know, hopefully she'll be able to play again. And the hopefully, yeah, <laughs> like just the possibility of not being able to use my hand because I wasn't really able to use my fingers for a month and a half. Um, it, it was almost the scariest thing I've ever gone through, honestly, because it's such a and, I, you know, I, I after a while, as I said, I went through my own process. I kind of accepted, oh, yeah, well, you know, I could still play with my left hand. And I did that mm-hmm. a few times, playing piano in the, with my left hand. And I can still sing. So, you know, even if I can't use my hand fully, I can still do this stuff. But um, I, I, I pretty much knew I, I was going to be able to heal once I mm. um, saw other doctors and everything. But that just when I was in the ER hearing that for, for the first time was the freakiest thing. <laughs> sure, because that. it's when you're in aligned with with one of the things that make you you that's the terrifying thing right Mm -hmm. it's not it's not enough just to exist we're supposed to live yeah right right it it was it was definitely encouraged the the stripping of the ego of Prita the stripping of everything and really just diving into that head-on well you know, I'm noticing it, what is sort of the fun thing of stories, right? Like I was an English teacher and then when I got into healing work, it's of all stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you, you get to a point, you, you know, some people are like, oh, you've done so many different things. I'm like, maybe that's how it seems to you, but I can see that the thread now it's always mm-hmm. been about the story, you know, healing work, it's stories, what stories are held, what story do you want to tell, you know, yes, there's physicality to helping the body align. But that's some of the beauty of like, the Hawaiian concepts is that it's well, what 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 are you choosing? Because if mm-hmm. you're not going to choose it, I can't do it for you, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're going to choose it, then then all of a sudden, something can be reorganized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just heard a lot of times, and I share this kind of like, I just love to, I love it when it arises again, that sometimes something that is, is integral has to be put down or taken away, even if it's for a moment for you to realize mm-hmm. like, well, what would it be if this wasn't, you know? Right. What, right. What which, you, yeah. Which reminds us to, to be grateful for, I mean, that alone, just gosh, it, such a great uh, reminder to be grateful for everything we have all the time. Yeah, sometimes just that whisper, (laughs) that whisper reminds you that it's a gift. Like you're like, oh, I'm tending to this thing that I have. And it's like, well, actually, you don't know you have it, you know, so hold it. It's having and holding can be different 
different energies. But I, I look forward now. I'm very interested in, in you know hearing your your video. This will this episode will come out after the video, so I'll link that one as well. The people can turn in tune into collide. And um, I, I appreciate you making time to share your story with us, especially mm. in the midst of your healing. Because for some people, if they choose to tell their story a different way, they could perceive that you're still in the midst of your healing. Yes. Well, aren't we all? <laughs> yes, I am. But um, yeah, I mean, I can move my hand a lot more now. And I'm, I'm t- using my right hand to write again in my journal. And it's just, we're all healing. You know, it's it, when is it ever going to end? <laughs> well, that's why I illuminate it, because somebody might be listening and they might think that you're retro- what I'm trying to give you credit for is that your chosen perspective because it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so your voice is very much communicating that somebody may be rushing by and think, Oh, well that, that they said a few weeks ago, but she must. And it said, no, you can sound like this mm-hmm. even the midst the moment, no matter, because, because mm-hmm. that moment, like you said, aren't we all doing it? You know, it doesn't have to be external. It doesn't even have to be a story. Anybody else can witness that you can mm-hmm. still choose you know, and sometimes it's just next Netflix and choose to, to turn it in, <laughs> you know, that's healthy too. Sometimes it's like, no, I'm not strong and it's okay for me not to be strong. That's, that's as valid of a choice Oh, as it's well. so funny, the Netflix thing. I mean, I, I went through a few years of monk status here where I was like on a raw food diet, doing like, you know, tonics, not watching anything. No, I, th- I think I didn't watch a movie for almost two years. Mm-hmm. It was like a I'm not taking on the world's conditioning. (laughs) I'm in my own bubble. And it's so funny now, like watching the old judgment that I had then of like, am I taking on a vibration right now? Watching (laughs) this show? (laughs) Like, is this good for me? And, and learning how to just let that go and just like not give a crap. What (laughs) just, just relax and be like, whatever, Mm -hmm. stop judging myself, allow myself to have the pizza once in a while or whatever it is, whatever it is. Exactly. Totally. Thank you so much, Prita, for making the time and, and for sharing your music and, and we appreciate you. Thank you for you being you. You are so, you're so eloquent. Just the way you present words is mastery. Just want to tell you that. Oh, thank <laughs> you, friend. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in line. You're in line <laughs> with, with you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in to Rebirth. Have a great day, Prita. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Rebirth. Stay connected and learn more at katebratton.com and join the Golden Thread, a space to inspire the everyday creative.